Welcome to the Agility Marketing Podcast. This is John Katz. I'm the author of Strategies and Tools for Corporate Blogging and PR Communications Blog. This cast is on the topic of Agile Marketing, and we meet here occasionally to chat with Agile marketers in the industry. And here also is my co-host, Frank Days. Hey, John. How are you doing? Very well. We're into spring, I see, and I'm in the midst of battling allergies. How are things with you up there in Boston? Doing well. We're still brisk and chilly and cool, but spring is almost upon us. It's also been an exciting time for the podcast. It's going to be, we're back on the wagon again. It's pretty exciting after about a month off from not doing a podcast. We are back on the wagon, as you said, and partly in thanks, I think, to uh, Lee Odden, who um, has given us a couple of leads uh, for Agile Marketers. And today I'm excited to chat with John Miller, who's VP of Marketing with Marketo. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Great. You lead strategy at Marketo, and you're also one of the co-founders at Marketo as well, which is a marketing automation company. I wanted to start off by asking, how did you actually get started with Agile Marketing, John? Well, you know, Marketo was founded on the philosophy that the, you know, the way buyers buy uh, products has been sort of fundamentally transformed. And as a result, the way that we market and sell to them needs to change as well. So, you know, there's a lot of deep, profound implications uh, in terms of that statement, how, you know, how we should transform the way we market and sell to our customers. Um, And we built some of that into the product. But, you know, really specifically, we also embraced the sort of the new buyer and sort of this this new mentality in the way that we sort of, you know, built our own, you know, marketing product. Uh, sorry, our own approach to marketing in-house, you know, the, the way we run things. You know, one of my favorite statements I like to, to tell people is that I actually started writing our blog, Modern B2B Marketing, before we started writing any code, you know, in terms of the product. And that's because we knew that it was so important to engage people with content um, early in the buying cycle uh, and then to kind of keep that engagement alive until they're ready to kind of interact with us. So, you know, for us, kind of embracing agile marketing internally is is about moving at the same pace as our buyers and and having the flexibility to, as it's, as the name implies, to be agile and adapt as new opportunities, you know, come up and not to hold ourselves down by kind of any way of doing things just because that's the way it was done before. Had you started using agile techniques because you had previously used agile marketing techniques with another um, organization? Although I'd see that Marketo was started in 2006, so you'd be very early if that was the case. Or was it you, had you seen agile being used in a development circumstance? No, actually. Um, you know, back at uh, where I, before Marketo, I was at a company called Epiphany. And there in our professional services group of all places, there was a mantra we repeated over and over and over again, which is think big, start small, move quickly. Sometimes think big, start small, fast results. And, you know, that mantra has just been, you know, burned into my brain as as a best practice that sort of, I think, applies to everything, you know, almost everything in business. So... So really, for us, our Agile journey started there with think big, start small, fast results. And then as we sort of dug into what does it mean to kind of start small or fast results, again, driving towards a big vision, 
you know, we very quickly came into seeing, hey, this sounds a lot like what those guys, guys in engineering are doing with their agile development process and spent a little time trying to figure out what we could pull in from that. Oh, that's great. So you are one of the early pioneers. <laughs> well, as I said, you know, it's, it's uh, when, you know, when do you call it agile or not, I guess, is sort of the point and kind of, you know, where, where you, uh, you know, bring it in. But, you know, we have been embracing this flexible, flexible approach since the beginning. John, can you share a little bit of some, maybe some specific examples of how you're using agile methodologies in your day-to-day management of the marketing function at yeah, Marketo? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the place where we use it the most heavily is in our content marketing initiatives. You know, we, we are just, you know, massive producers of content um, at Marketo. Um, I mean, we're basically a publisher in of ourselves with four different blogs and our own podcast channel and our video channel and um, our kind of best practices, resources, you know, and you like. And, you know, kind of trying to run a modern, flexible, high-end engineer or um, publishing department like that requires a lot of flexibility. You know, so some of the things that we do specifically related to, um, you know, kind of agile methodologies is we start with we have monthly um, plans, you know, which I think would sort of, you know, be akin to sprints you know, if you will, kind of, so for, and, you know, what's this month's content theme and strategy theme, you know, that kind of goes behind that. And those are only typically planned out one or two months in advance in terms of what kind of the key, the key sprint content theme for that month is going to be. Then what we do is we don't actually, you know, I know a lot of people kind of talk about using post-its to kind of manage all this stuff. We don't do that, but we have whiteboards all over the office that every day people are kind of up on the whiteboard you know, revising the plans and editing and kind of talking about how it's sort of capturing the latest, you know, of what we're doing. And because they're these big visible whiteboards that everybody can see, what you get is you get, you know, the sales team kind of coming on over to see, hey, what's going on today? What's going on next week? So it's kind of really good for communication, you know, that way. And because it's just dry erase on a whiteboard, pretty easy to evolve and adapt. We then have, you know, the daily... We do kind of specifically on the content, kind of a daily, we call it a publishing meeting, not a scrum. Essentially talking about the content that's that's got to go out that day, the content that's coming up, um, and then what's sort of the cross-channel promotion of that content. Because each of that, you know, obviously goes out on our own feeds, it goes out on Twitter, we talk to third parties about it. So I, th- I think, you know, those are some of the big things. As I try to think about kind of some of the other tactics that work really well for us, we think, you know, we think a lot about who is the end customer of our content in particular. And as you know, in marketing, there's always, you know, usually more than one end recipient. So we have both kind of our audience that we're talking to, which is the perspective of marketing and, and salespeople who were, were, you know, is the recipient of our content. But we also have our own internal sales function, you know, if you will, who are also important influencers, you know, in our content. Yeah. So on a weekly basis, we review the calendar with them because they're sort of, you know, the audience, right? So that's kind of like including your customers early and often in the process. By having sales be involved kind of throughout the whole process, we're making sure that any content that gets created is kind of on target and on message. Well, I always thought Um, the idea of a social media plan or a content marketing plan always seemed almost like an oxymoron, right? Because so much of what you do is responsive to what's going on in the marketplace and what conversations are going on. Uh, 
you you'd mentioned the one uh, that you work in one month bursts and you might actually have the next couple of planning you know one monthly plans already in your head like at a macro level well yeah I mean, we th- we think we know what next month is going to be about, yeah, right. But again, I mean, that's sort of what ag- agility is all about. Sure, right. Is if if something comes up that this month needs to sort of pivot, you know, we're sort of prepared to do that. Yeah, and I find that in my content marketing teams here at Novell, it's kind of the same way. We'll be in the middle of say this month is about uh, conversion, and we're focusing on trying to get whatever the assets are to convert at a higher level. Or if this month's about SEO, maybe a week or two before we're into the next sprint, we see ourselves tugging on things that aren't in this sprint but feel like the next sprint is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's good way to describe how we're doing it. John, I wanted to ask, what are some of the challenges that you've seen using Agile at Marketo? I, I think the biggest challenge comes up when you know, you're expected to interface with other departments and communicate to other executives if they're not as familiar with some of the approaches to agile and sort of some of what you're doing behind that whole thing, you know, like, you know, there's, there's certain other executives who may expect, you know, what's your communication plan going to be over the you know 12 months. Right. And like, well, you don't have it <laughs> um, necessarily quite in something that's quite as, you know, in what they're kind of expected, you know, to see. And then it, it, in particular, you get into a, a communication challenge around, changes right especially if you are if you do pivot and for whatever set of good reasons you're going in a slightly different direction than where you were last week you potentially have more people you need to talk to you know and just to make sure to the extent that they have any kind of accountability or influence they have buy-in on the whole thing how do you balance the need to be agile like the the short-term stuff with i don't know trade shows you guys go into trade shows or anything with longer sale longer lead times built in as I said, we're most agile with our content marketing. Sure. And then in our own use of marketing automation, we're, we're fairly agile as well, where we're constantly kind of evolving what we're doing on there. But at the same time, you know, there are things that are completely fixed, right? I mean, there's no amount of being agile is going to change the amount of money I'm going to spend this year, right? I mean, that was set <laughs> at the beginning of the year and approved by the board. Yeah. And it would take an act of the board to increase that number. I guess I, I could go down if I felt that was the right thing to do. But, you know, going up isn't going to happen. So there are the, the, there's always these big fixed things, right? I'm going to spend a lot of money at Dreamforce this year because that, that is a key show for us. that we know that's going to happen. But that doesn't mean you can't approach that big dr- conference like Dreamforce, again, in an agile fashion. Right now, we're already thinking about what are the big risky things we got to do for Dreamforce, right? And how do we get the, the scariest, riskiest things off the table first? That way, by the time we get close to the show, instead of a mad dash to you know get everything to come together, we've already kind of dealt with you know the big complicated things. You know, you can bring a little bit of agile project management into just your day to day. We've had our share of agency folks on the podcast, and that's been an interesting thing around things like print advertising, where the process, no matter how much I think you said it in so many ways, that there's certain things that no matter how much we squeeze it and push it and twist it and turn it, if I'm putting a piece of direct mail in the mail, I got to send it to a printer. I've got to get it stamped. It's got to go through the postal service. There's no amount of agile. It's going to necessarily change that process. Yeah. Contrasting that with, so are you saying that the parts of the processes that are predictable, you can layer in as much as possible, but then 
you try to deal with the riskiest things as early as possible in the agile process? Yeah, I mean, I guess to to you know simplify the statement is you know things that are inherently more flexible like content, you know, you should constantly be agile on things that are big fixed you know projects. You can still you know have agile project plan as well as you can in order to try to sort of still drive to success on that thing. So if you're going to Dreamforce next year, is you must have already have you signed up for space for next year? Yeah, exactly. So that's I guess that's as waterfall as it comes. And you're starting to in this month's plan. Is there are there a couple of tasks for Dreamforce that are already in there? Yeah, that's the point I was trying to get yeah. at before. Right. right, right now, you know, the big risky large parts of you yeah. know success at Dreamforce are things like what is our theme going to be? What is the sort of the campaign strategy going to look like? Yeah. And you know, obviously, you know, it sort of makes sense. Of course, you do that first, right? But having a fixed deliverable and a timeline against that, you know, and a, and a, a process for saying, you know, this week, this month's sprint in April for Dreamforce, you know, has to deliver against these things so that you can continue down that project plan is trying to, again, just take lessons where you can apply it to, you, again, big, big things that are less flexible. I'm not saying that you're doing this, John, because I'm not sure what you do when you uh, what you do when you you're thinking about marketing ahead for a conference like Dreamforce. But um, whenever I think of conferences and I and I think about social media, I always, uh, especially about SEO, I always think, you know, most marketers don't actually do anything before the conference. They they sort of do everything during the conference. Whereas if you do something before in terms of getting content out there. Um, such as I don't know interviews with the people that are going to be speaking, or I see just, where you're, yeah, yeah, it, it it's actually easier in a way. I think if you and uh, I would say that it would be easier if you're using agile techniques to actually, in some ways, plan ahead because if you are using agile, because you're going to be much more flexible within the month. If you if you have yeah. a line item, I'm going to do something on the conference this month. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do something. Do you ever do anything like that? I'm not saying that you would, but... Uh, oh, no, I mean, sorry. I mean, so sort of, again, I think that's... I just think of that kind of as the air that we breathe. Every yeah. event for us is, you know, all about what do we do before the event? What do you do yeah. at the event? What do you do after the event? Right. Right. And, you know, the before is all about, you know, again, creating energy, creating buzz for what we're going to be there, interacting with the thought leaders who are going to be there, trying to identify, you know, customers and prospects that are there using different promotions so all that stuff is, is again all part of kind of that ongoing plan yeah it's not you know just what's actually happening at the actual event i, I you know i should say i mean we've talked a lot about events because you asked about it specifically but in the grand scheme of how we go to market you know we're doing fewer and fewer trade shows to be honest you know, and more and more other other techniques because they work better and they're more measurable and accountable and all that good stuff well, not even that. They just actually work better. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> that's know? true. Um, you know, I mean, certainly some things are more measurable, but, you know, for example, we're also spending a lot more on display and brand advertising than we were doing six months ago. That's less measurable and less accountable, but I still think is the right thing to be doing to be more successful. So if we shifted gears for a second and talk a little bit about your customers, the community, the Marketo community. I mean, you sell, you're a marketer, but you also sell to marketers out there. What do you see among the behaviors and actions and activities that in the marketing community in general, not speaking first person, but speaking about them, the, the great masses of customers that make agile marketing something they might be interested in going forward? 
Well, you know, most people, when they sort of embrace marketing automation, the first things that they want to do is lead nurturing and lead scoring. It seems to always be those are kind of, you know, the first hills that people want to climb. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of marketers almost get to analysis paralysis when it comes to rolling out things like lead nurturing and lead scoring. Because, you know, you start thinking about, oh, I want to have five different tracks for different roles and three different buying stages. And each track needs seven pieces of content. Oh, and oh my God, that's a hundred different pieces of content. I don't have that. What am I going to do? And they basically freeze and wait till they can get all that content before they're ready to do anything. And you know, similarly with lead scoring, they kind of imagine like this perfect matrix of every possible thing that they could score. And until that's there, they don't want to roll it out to the sales team. And in both those cases, there's so many wins to be had. Again, to go back to my original mantra of think big, start small and move quickly, that I think it's great advice for any marketer thinking about marketing automation to at least think about how do you embrace some elements of agile? Right? How do I roll out my lead nurturing program as a series of sprints where each month I'm making it better and better and better and better than it was before rather than waiting for one big fat release? So, you know, I th- you know and then similar to, to lead scoring, how do you, how do you evolve and improve that better um, over time? So think big, start small, move quickly applies, I think, really well to rolling out a marketing automation system. I think it does. And I was, I was just thinking a big part of this, perhaps, especially when you're thinking about, oh, no, I've got so much to do. And you make that point about thinking big, but, uh, but running small is leveraging, you know, leveraging content as you go through. Is, is that something that you folks do a lot and you, you see happening in the marketplace with uh, some of the clients you're working with? Yeah, I mean, I've got kind of three three lessons that I try to apply, you know, when it comes especially to, you know, content and in the use of lead nurturing. The first is you you already alluded to, you know, reuse, recycle, re- repurpose. If you've got a, a white paper, especially for the purposes of lead nurturing, that's too long. Cut that up into eight different pieces and now you boom, you're done. You have eight lead nurturing emails. And do you, you know, think it's easier then with agile techniques to 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 do that? You know, to to split it up just because you're you're doing shorter runs and and you 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 you're cutting up your marketing efforts a little bit more consistently. Well, the, it intersects, right? You know, again, if you if you got a mindset of of I'm constantly like I'm I'm working in small chunks, I guess is the way to think about it then yeah, you probably are more likely to think about how do I take this big thing and cut it up into small chunks? You know, there's sort of a a, um, cause and effect there. I'm not sure which one comes first. But, you know, that that definitely lies into kind of that second point, though, of of content, which is, you know, I think most people create content that's too long and too big, especially for lead nurturing emails. People are going to read those emails on their cell phone in line at Starbucks. They're, you know, not likely to read your nurturing emails for the first time at their desk anymore. So, you know, don't overthink it. You just want something that's kind of short. And you get people out of the mode of perfection, right? Yeah, yeah. The perfect is the enemy of the good, if you will. Sure. You know, and then the other thing, especially with lead nurturing, where people kind of get into trouble is, you know, and where Agile is so perfect, is you only need to, what I, you know, what I call a stay ahead of the drip, right? If your nurture track has... You want to have four pieces of content and send it out every three weeks, right? You can get started today 
That's and then true. you have 12 weeks before you need to figure out the next piece, right? And again, that, you know, so as you think about that, again, from an agile perspective, you know, as long as your sprints have you always ahead of where the last person is in, in the drip campaign, you're, you're kind of good to go and you don't have to build everything all at once. That's heretical in some quarters that you don't have actually the whole campaign done before you start the campaign. But that's, I mean, I would rather get started and start seeing the benefit today and then make it better over time than wait until every little thing's perfect. Because if you do that, you know, by the time you get to perfect, it's probably not where you thought, you, probably not where you actually want it to be. And don't never discount the, the value of learning along the way, certainly. Exactly. Okay, that's, you know, the whole point of this, you know, constant evolution. Well, John, I see our time is coming to an end here, and we always give our, our interviewees a, a chance to, to talk about what's coming up next in, in marketing efforts. So any insights coming down the line for you folks? Well, we're thinking a lot about video as part of uh, the 2011 strategy. You know, I've done some informal surveys, and you know, over 75% of people have watched a video on their mobile, on a mobile device in the last month. And I think that's transformational in terms of how people are interacting with content. You know, I, you know, and I think that video, online video is going to have the same impact to everything else that we've done that TV had on print and radio. So we're thinking hard about the way that video is going to transform everything that we do. Great. So that's, so, that's a big one. So for 2011 and 2012, it's going to be uh, video for Marketo. Yep, well, that's big. And the other big one is we're constantly pushing the boundary on measurement kind of what you know how do we measure uh what we do to the you know next degree and how do we help our customers measure their roi to the next degree because you know the better you can measure the better decisions you can make you know and ultimately the more profits you'll make well john i really want to thank you uh for coming on the podcast today i thought you did an excellent job and oh shucks thanks uh, good luck with the uh your continuing efforts and perhaps we can have you back on the program uh, at a later date we'd be happy to thank you guys great thanks john